Oh my gosh, hi, it's me, Dave Holmes. Welcome to Troubled Waters, the show that treats popular culture as the most important kind of culture because it's the culture that has Celine Dion in it. Now, to this end, Troubled Waters will pit a pair of entertainers against one another in a pop culture battle to the ego death. To win this battle, each guest will be called upon to use their smarts, their rhetorical skills, the great comebacks that they have been saving in one of those uh, Wi-Fi-enabled moleskin notebooks that I keep almost <laughs> buying to earn the coveted Troubled Waters title, Pundit Emeritus, which will automatically give their opinion on how obviously all of the world is Team Sophie Turner, no matter how hard the Jonas Family PR team is spinning up a storm. More weight than a civilian's. You are listening to Troubled Waters. our guests. You wanna? Yeah, let's do it. Our first contestant is the author of There Are Moms Way Worse Than You and the sequel There Are Dads Way Worse Than You, which will be out next year. It's our pal Glenn Buzan. Hello. Hello, Dave. How are you? So good. <laughs> so good. It's so nice to see you. Thrilled to be back. Nice to see you too. So what's uh, what's been going on? Oh, gosh, just striking up a storm, you know, um, yeah. out with the WGA on the picket lines mm-hmm. and, you know, solidarity all around. So mm-hmm. um, and then everyone in my life is getting married. So we've just been going to weddings on weddings on weddings. Yeah. Um, everyone's getting married time. somewhere also not near us. So five flights. A lot of destination weddings. Oh, my God. Yeah. All over the place. Been there. Been there. Yeah. So you're, you're striking up a storm. What's your just give me your Drew Barrymore take real quick. My Drew Barrymore take is I don't understand what is happening in her brain. And that's kind of normal for Drew Barrymore. I'm really, yeah. she's one of those people I'm like, if I met you at a party, I would love talking to you. I think I'd be fascinated, but I, I think I would understand 15% of what you say. Yes. It also feels like she has 15 different people, like her Reiki specialist and her like therapist and then her second yes. therapist and then yes. like her life coach and like then her like her dog's life coach. Like it feels like she's a lot of people like giving her little quips and things to say in her public, like that don't really make sense where she's like, this has always been a show we're doing that we've done during sensitive times. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) Truly mean it's not a sensitive time. It's a, we don't do anything time. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm a little confused. I think she'll come to, I think she'll have a come to Jesus moment at some point. Cause this is not, this is a bad look (laughs) for my girl. Yeah. Bad look. That yeah. show is so uh, utterly banana pants that I like. Oh, my I, gosh. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm happy to see it. It's just right now, no. Right now. Crazy. Also, at some point, she's going to run out of access to interview tearfully across from her, yeah. <laughs> which she's done like four times now. I know. I mean, yeah. And like, you know, beyond that, there there is like an outer circle of like people who make her so overcome with emotion that she has to like get off the chair and scooch over on her knees. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, the knee scooch? What is the scooch? <laughs> that, again, is a thing where I'm like, oh, this woman, just her neurons are wired in such a different pathway than mine. That Like, yes. I don't know. If, like, but also you remember she's been famous since she was like negative one year years old. Like, yes, she doesn't have the same frame of reference as like anybody in the world. You can't imagine what's going on in her brain. It's just alphabet soup at all times. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated. So I don't, I. I don't love it. I think it obviously weakens yeah. the overall position. I don't think that's great. I, I think there's, yeah. I also think there's gotta be some Rasputin in her ear going like, do it, do it. We need the money. Like there's yeah. no, she's like a nice person. It seems, I don't know. It seems, but who, who the hell knows? Who the, who the hell knows? I, I'm telling you that that uh, cameo and and just like that has me doubting all sorts of oh. things. <laughs> oh yeah, all sorts of things. <laughs> Glenn, welcome back to the show. Uh, our next contestant hosts the podcast Fart House. I didn't know that, yeah. and, I, and I didn't appreciate having to say that word, but whatever, it's okay. He's a dear old friend, former colleague. For, you know, former Angelino, now mm-hmm. residing in the Midwest, it's Casey O'Brien. Casey, how are you? Hi, Dave. I'm doing great. It's great to be back. 
Uh, and it's great to see your face. It's great to see your face and hear your voice. You are stylish as always. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. What's Fart House all about? So <laughs> Fart House is, uh, it's a podcast where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can oh, pretend that you did. So we're kind of dissecting art house cinema, laying it bare, you know, getting to the root and, you know, causes of it. And uh, we have... Every episode, we, we, we have kind of a scientific measure for, like, the artsy-fartsiness of a movie, which is, like, the fartsy scale. And so we run it through a battery of tests I see. in order to <laughs> kind of figure out the artsy-fartsiness of the movie. And, like, we say, you, you don't have to watch the art house movies, and this will help you, like, impress your friends. Great. Mm. So. so far, what is the artsiest and therefore fartsiest uh, movie that you Oh, my uh, gosh. Watched? We just watched Sallow, 120 Days of Sodom. Uh and uh, that was pretty high up there. If you've ever wow. seen that, sounds movie. sexy. Did you did we you hear? Did you hear? Uh, did you see Glenn's and my eyes both open real wide and make the <laughs> boing sound effect? I, yes, I could see it. I could sense that through the zoom wow. screen. Wow. Yeah. I, so that I, was that one rated very high because there's uh, so sure. much torture, uh, poop, um, no. nudity. Um, yeah. One of the tests on the fartsy scale is. Is there masturbation in the movie? Which okay. you'd be surprised at how many art house movies there is a scene of masturbation. So. Yeah, sure. I can say that on this go show. Go there, right? absolutely, okay. absolutely. <laughs> so you're like combing the criterion. Show, right? yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Wait until you get into round two. Um, no, but, uh, so you're like you, Speed you, round. Are you checking out the the Criterion app. Are you? Oh yes. Okay. All right. I'm all up on the Criterion app. The app is great because it's not just uh, Criterion collection movies. They do like curated selections as yes, well. They do. But uh, yes, very into everything Criterion. Mm-hmm. We probably shouldn't be promoting it at this particular time Maybe in history, but I also really love the Criterion app. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm very yeah. excited for their ho- their Halloween series is always really good. And this year it is like high school horror movies. Like Ooh. faculty, um, other ones that are set okay. in high schools. Sure. Great. Glenn, you were about to say something there. Yeah. Are there any movies on the Criterion Collection that people have seen that are on there and they're like, oh, this doesn't deserve to be on? Like, why is this Adam Sandler movie on the Criterion? You know what I mean? Like, are there any? Sort yeah. Of- well, famously, Armageddon was on the Criterion cha- oh, uh, Collection really? for a while. I don't know if it's like technically a part of it anymore. Um, there's a lot of pushback for Lena Dunham's tiny furniture as well. Uh, a lot of people didn't like, like the that. Spot for it. Uh, I think so. I like that movie. It's like so, an alt indie, right? Yeah. Um, I would say the, those are two that came to mind. Wow. Okay. Fascinating. That sounds like fun niche drama to mm-hmm. me when the movie yes. comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really fun, I don't know if it's still on there. Uh, but there's a fun movie on Criterion um, about Frank, P-H-R-A-N-C, the Jewish lesbian folk singer, um, oh, cool. who is also famously uh, a huge fan of Tupperware. And she <laughs> does Tupperware parties. And fantastic. so it's it's like a documentary about her Tupperware parties. And they're so super fascinating. Oh, I'm watching this. Uh, the second this gets done recording, oh, I'm watching it. so great. <laughs> There's a whole thing about like stinky ice and how like with the Tupperware <laughs> ice trays they have a lid and you won't get stinky ice. Oh my god! It's like fine. I have I stinky ice. It. it can I happen. Didn't know there was a cure. It can happen oh so easily. God. It can happen yeah. so Not easily. Funny. But all right, let's get let's get back to the matter at hand. Can we please, for yes. God's sake? Yes. Yes. Now that we have met our players, it is time to see who has the better grasp of what really matters this week, pop culturally speaking. Uh, in in a non Frank division, because obviously Frank and Tupperware is the most important thing, but. Whatever. Uh, Players, if you're ready, you'll each be given a chance to tell me what you think is the most important or tragically overlooked story, person, event, whatever, of the last week or two. Glenn, we'll start with you. So the last time I was on this podcast, Mm -hmm. I told a very niche, probably silly story about how it girl from the early aughts, Corey Kennedy, I thought she was dating Bill Maher, and I couldn't figure it out. Uh-huh. And so I thought that for the rest of all time, for the ne- whenever I'm on this podcast from now on, I will then continue to give you updates on what Corey Kennedy and Bill Maher are up to. Is that oh, okay? I mean, okay. Sure. <laughs> and okay. they are dating. Was no, this verified? I, I don't. Okay. Th- here's the thing. Okay. I don't know, Casey. Okay. I don't know. And the search I will, continues. I truly will pay somebody to get primary source knowledge on their relationship. <clears throat> However, I now... On the Corey Kennedy front, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
She has an Instagram. She seems like she's doing okay. She seems like she does, she's had a nice summer. Oh. So far, have not seen Bill and Corey together. So I cannot tell you. She has not posted any Bill pics. Okay. Um, <laughs> But she's doing that thing where she's doing every month photo dump. And instead of tagging people in the photos, she tags them in the comments. So I don't know who is who. And they're all these arts. They're artsy-fartsy, Casey. Mm-hmm. Artsy-fartsy photos of like things at the event. So I'm not sure who she's hanging out with. But a couple other alt comedians, Sarah Squirm was in there mm. in the mix. So she's hanging out with some cool other comedian people. Other than that, she seems like she's having a nice summer. Great. That's the Corey Kennedy update. Great. Bill Maher, actually, yes. in this last week, had a funny little kerfuffle where Tim Heidecker has this YouTube podcast called Office Hours. And he, you have you guys, did you guys hear about this? Mm-hmm. And he did, uh, with Fred Armisen, a parody of Bill Maher's real podcast and it was nailed it he like nailed the bill maher impression and fred armison was playing this like guest who you know against they they shot it like his show very funny apparently bill maher's producers saw it and they're pissed (laughs) and they're pissed 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 at tim heidecker (laughs) and fred armison so there's currently uh podcast youtube show beef happening between these two men oh. and that is my update on what both Corey kennedy and bill maher have been up to since okay. the show okay okay and they don't seem to be doing any- anything together this is sort of their separate <sighs> not news story. not as far as i can okay. tell yeah i again no we'll evidence looking. i would love please this is i'm begging anyone listening i need more information on why they were friends <laughs> bill maher has anyone ever been <laughs> Easier to make fun of and thinner skinned at the same time. He just, it is so funny watching him on his show, like not able to take a joke about himself. No. He's a fucking dweeb. He's a dweeb. He's such a dweeb. Worst. The worst. Like even oh. 20 years ago, when he would occasionally make a good point, yeah. it felt so bad to agree with something yeah. that he said because yeah. he would say it in just the worst and Ugh. smarmiest way. And now he's just like unhinged. And and fucking club random. Get out of my Oh my life. gosh. That I, I was like, wait, what is the name of this podcast? Like my boyfriend kept trying to describe <laughs> it to me. I was like, his podcast is not called Club Random. And he was like, no, it is. I was like, no, that's the name of like <laughs> that's the name of like a band from Australia in like oh 2003. Like that's not the name of his podcast. There's no way. Yeah. No, that that's a college radio show exactly. in 1994. Right. And it honestly looks and sounds like one. <laughs> it looks, it's so badly shot. Also, his posture, Bill Maher's posture when he sits in the, Tim Heidecker does the funniest impression. He just like, just man spreads and his arms out and he's like drinking a whiskey and just slumped in the chair like Bill Maher slumps. It's the worst posture I've ever seen. And he's just like, ha ha, drinking the whiskey, like, like horizontal in this chair. It's so funny. Oh, God. So, all right. So your your story is just the the updated saga of Corey Kennedy and Bill Maher. <laughs> yeah, and I do think more people need to be talking about this. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to okay. win. I think I'm going to win today. I have really well, good feeling about this. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I still don't know who Corey Kennedy <laughs> okay. is. Well, Casey, you um, try. <laughs> okay. Uh, Casey, what you got? Hi. Okay, so last time I was on this show, I'm kind of tying it back to my last appearance, too. I played mm-hmm. a game called Olivia Rodriguez. Or Olivia Rod Reed, no. And yes. I believe I beat the little pants off of Matt Avadaka in that game. So I'm bringing up some Olivia Rodrigo news because I love her. I think she's fantastic. But her new album is coming out, Guts. No, it's and out. And she has a song on it. It's out right now. Yes, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And she's got a song called Vampire on it. Yep. And in an interview, somebody asked her, is this song about Taylor Swift? And she said, I don't know how to answer that. So I'm just like very into the drama between them because I do think that Taylor Swift has been a bit vampiric when it comes to music rights and um, because she had retroactively like um, asked for royalties from Olivia Rodrigo songs because she felt they were similar to Taylor Swift songs. And um, I just don't like this type of um, thing that's going on in the music industry where it's like people are very on top of music rights and credits and like, Ooh, that sounds so much like this other song. Yeah. And I just think it's a bat, a slippery slope. I don't like the way this is going. And I feel like Olivia Rodrigo is the real victim in all this because everybody keeps saying like, Oh, she ripped off this person or she ripped off this person. But it's like, 
that's how music works. And that's I don't what think, it is. yeah, that's I don't think this 20 year old, really talented, really amazing. I think she's doing some very different stuff. Some of her stuff kind of sounds like Taylor Swift, but it's like, that's fine. Some of her stuff sounds like whole. Some of her stuff sounds like Everclear. You know, like it's, it's like, that's how music works. And that's uh, how it works. Yeah. That is how it works. And by the way, if you could sue people for sounding like you, uh, then. Migos should be richer than Elon Musk. Yes. <laughs> because everything that has been recorded in the last 10 years sounds exactly like Migos. It's well, the same I was flow, thinking about it's this. It's the same beat. It's yeah. everything. Absolutely. And I, th- I was thinking about this with like all the late 90s, you know, alt bands that came out that sounded exactly like Weezer. It's like, that's just how it, that I, I just, it's so infuriating and weird and, uh, I don't know. I just think, you know, art influences each other and it shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't be suing over something that's kind of maybe sounds like something another artist did. This mm-hmm. wasn't funny or entertaining, but I'm just very passionate. Oh, about I'm so entertained by way. this. We're going to make it that also, way. Also, Taylor Swift. I oh I have a very unkind opinion about Taylor Swift. Oh, boy. You're gonna, oh good. You are going to get the all are of gonna, our... All of our credit I'm is going so to be ruined by the end actually. of this episode by don't, the Swifty Hive, but go ahead. I think Taylor Swift music is children's music for adult women. Okay, let's hear it. I, let's hear I, it. I, Keep I don't going. disagree. Keep going. Okay, this is, here's my evidence. Welcome to New York. <laughs> it's been waiting for you. Welcome to New York. That's a song a child would love. Yeah, I know. And does. Know. And the lyrics are, welcome to New York. Yeah. It's been waiting for you. It's been waiting for you. Welcome to New York. That's... Yeah. That's like that is has, that is children's music. It's children's has music, Taylor and Swift, it is very much not the vibe that you're greeted uh, with in New York. I love I was like, it. But. I have been, I have, I have had feces thrown at me by sure. a grown man on the G train. Sure. Welcome to New York. That's sure. been waiting for me. Okay. Mm. No, no. Yep. Yep. This is a woman yeah. who has had sex, has never been fucked. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Yeah, which is fine. That's allowed. Go for it. But it's wow. children's music for adults. Yeah, you know what? It's true. I, I mean, honestly, get if we look at like the, the friendship God, bracelet culture of this era's tour, it is <gasps> yes! very, oh my very God, craft that's time. Such a good yes. way of saying it. It's very craft time. You are not and, wrong. And it's great. Um, Reclaim our Taylor childhoods. That's has fine. Taylor Swift ever said the fuck word in one of her songs? Word. No way. No. I don't think so. And that's why Olivia Rodrigo is brave, because she does. She swears. <laughs> she does. That makes her cry. She swears. Yeah. Also, just... These are all just the richest people in the world just being mean to each other. Like, chill. And then, but see, then there's the whole thing of like, Taylor Swift had Sabrina Carpenter as one of her opening acts for the Eras tour. And Sabrina Carpenter was the other woman in the triangle that driver's license is about. Wait, and is so, that Oh, yes, yeah. It's, it is Ooh. interconnected. The drama, you should go, it, you can really do a deep dive on this. It's very... <sighs> interconnected. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo was talking to Alanis Morissette in some interview and she was like, I feel like there's a lot of mean girls who I used to look up to that are going after me. That's clearly talking That's Taylor. about Taylor. So, <gasps> yes, it's it's a fascinating, uh, and I don't feel like people are, I, I feel like the Swifties are kind of trying to bury this story, but, you know, journalism dies in the dark. You know what they say? <laughs> and I, I, I feel like we need to push this message out there for Liv Rod and uh, all of her fans. So there you go. I mean, that that tweet long ago by Katy Perry, "Beware the Regina George in sheep's clothing." You know that mm. hit that hit me hard. Wow, and yeah. I still think about it. Wow, uh, taking Katy right. Perry's side on something that's an all right. Well, feeling I, let's not let's not go crazy. Yeah. I'm just saying. Look, uh, like uh, Bill Maher, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yes, you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Casey, your buzz in word is guts. Guts. Yep. And you have to say it like that. And Glenn, your buzz in word is random. And you have to say it like that. Because <laughs> you, you bring Bill Maher into this situation and I'm going to make you pay for it. Wow. Yep. I do deserve this. <laughs> yep. You sure do. Sure do. You, you'll, you'll think twice before you do it thrice. Oh. On your next oh, appearance. Okay. Thank you. Okay, yeah. keep those buzz-in words, which are, Casey? Guts. Glenn? Aranda. There it is. Keep them ready as we move forward. Let us start the show with a game called Mortal Kombat or Mortal Not That. 
There's a new entry in the Mortal Kombat fighting video game series being released this month. It is the follow-up to Mortal Kombat 11. It's the 13th chapter in the series, and it's called Mortal Kombat 1. That makes perfect sense, right? Uh, okay, but if you if if you think that's weird, just wait until you find out about the characters. In this round, I will give you the name and a brief description of a playable character in the Mortal Kombat universe. You must buzz in and tell me whether that character is real or made up by our writing staff. If it is real, say combat. If it's fake, say not that. Okay. All right. Uh, number one, Baraka. By the way, not Baraka, the effervescent drink and vitamin tablet. This is Baraka <laughs> with long, bony, retractable spikes for hands and tons of sharp teeth like a deep sea fish. Guts. Random. Oh, you got in there first, Casey. Combat. Combat. Yes, he is real. He ranked third in Game Daily's list of top 10 ugliest video game characters. Aw, that's me. Wow. Baraka that is, is mean. also the name of an art house movie shot in 70 millimeter. That's really beautiful. So if oh. anyone wants to oh. check that out. So. Has it been on the uh, on, on the uh, on the old podcast? On, you know, we haven't done it yet. Okay. Well, something to think, to think about. about. Number two, <laughs> meet a person without skin who is created in something called the flesh pits. Random. Yep. Okay. I think that's mortal, not that. No, combat. He was originally Yay! based on the oh! skinless character model that was used when characters died in the game. Like it's meat? A, a, a that, was, been finished. that was funny, meat. so I thought your writers did it. It was like, that's yeah. too funny to be a It's too good. Mortal it's too clever. It's too funny. Yeah. But guess what? It was real. Uh, number three, mocap, spelled with a K, M-O-K-A-P. This is a guy in a motion capture suit, the type of the little white ball stuck all over it. He does the stunts for Mortal Kombat character Johnny Cage's moves and somehow ended up fighting for real. Guts, yes, not Casey. that. Nope, that is real. He was based that on is Carlos real. Pacino. That's funny too. That is funny. This is a funnier game than I thought. I didn't know this was so self-aware. I didn't either. Damn. Is Mortal Kombat, get over here. Is that Mortal Kombat? You are barking up the wrong tree, Okay, but, uh, but producer Christian is vigorously nodding. Yeah. Okay, great. Get Christian, over here. I knew, you're in trouble. I knew Christian would know that. Uh, get over here. All right, number four. Bo Rai Cho. Bo Rai Cho. Not sure. Uh, a mentor figure, Bo Rai Cho, is an overweight drunkard who uses farting and vomiting in his attacks. It has been uh, commented that the gag wears thin on his puke attack very quickly. Random. Yes. I think that's real. Mortal, yes. Mortal Kombat, yes. <laughs> well, Mortal Kombat is uh, combat. It's all you have to say. And you're right. Yes. The character has been divisive amongst the fandom, and it has made me say the F word now for a third time in this podcast. And I don't like <laughs> doing word. it. I don't like doing it. The uh, other, other F word. The other, other F word. For me, the worst. Also, you've said uh, fuck like a bunch. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I don't not care. fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, it drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. So I also funny. don't like hearing grownups say pee. I just don't like it. Okay. Uh, number five, mascot spelled with a C, M-A-S-C-O-T, a person presumably in a big cartoony pig costume. Mascot is the mascot for the in-world football team, the Outworld Hogs, but it became a hidden playable character in Mortal Kombat 11. Guts. Yes. I think that is calm yes. Calm, calm back. <laughs> you're just, everybody's just making up their own thing, but it works. However, you're wrong. That was a not that. You made that I up. I have no sense of what this, uh, what is real. That was good. That sounded real. Yes. It's really cool. Our writers are really good and, and they have a bright <gasps> future in uh, video games. Yeah. Uh, but don't leave the podcast ever, please. Uh, number six. <laughs> Fremlin, the shortest character in the franchise. Fremlin is a shin height warrior with long arms and four eyes. Random. Yeah. Um, I think that's Mortal Com. No, Mortal Com. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 As in no. As in yes. We made yes. Fremlin up. Okay. Number seven. Bolok. <laughs> an ogre-like character who wields two spiky balls on chains. The game designers have publicly declared that they were unaware of the British slang word bollocks, meaning testicles, when they named him, but really nobody believes that. Guts. Yes. Uh, that one is 
combat. No, it's not a real one. What was the what was the call in for it not being real? Not that. Okay, not that. Yeah. I'm saying not that. Com- Yours was also very strong. Yours was also very strong. But, and you were correct. The writers uh, made that one up. It's their oh, childish okay. sense of humor. Okay. Man, these are good. Tricky. They are good. They're very good. Number eight, Moloch, a humanoid monster with a ball and chain, but the ball does not have spikes on it. Random. Yes. I think that one's Mortal Kombat. Yes. I think that one's you Mortal You are correct. Kombat. You are correct. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. Nice. Uh, number nine, finally, Tor and Farah. Two players who play as one, one a huge strong brute called Tor, and one called Farah, a small woman who rides him like a horse or a tank. Guts. Yes. Not that. No, that was real. That was real. If only you had <laughs> wow. been playing the, this long, long series of uh, fighting violence things. Wow. Uh, okay, at the end of that round, Glenn's got three. Casey's got two. It is now time Ooh. for a returning favorite that we will call Word Cloud Sound Off. This is the game where we test your ability to quickly recall songs you may know based on words you might associate with the lyrics. So I will give you a single word prompt, a series of single word prompts, and you will have 10 seconds to sing a song that contains that word. So if, for example, I said money, you could sing uh, Money, That's What I Want by the Beatles. You could sing Money, Money, Money by ABBA. You could do Paper Planes by MIA. Uh, okay, we are uh, really still struggling through some hot and humid days, but it's nearly autumn. Starbucks has those pumpkin spice drinks. Reese's has the pumpkin-shaped cups. People are putting 12-foot skeletons out in front of their house. Uh, so with that in mind, what we're doing is this. Our writers have searched for word clouds associated with autumn and fall to put together a series of prompts. Some should be easy. Some will be trickier. We did make sure there were several known songs that worked for every word. So when I give you the prompt, you'll have 10 seconds to think of a song, start singing it. Whoever gets to a song first gets the point. We need at least one line from the song. Can't just sing a word. We're not gonna, you can't hum. We're looking for real songs. But, you know, I haven't heard every song that's ever been written. If you fake it well enough to convince me, I'll probably give you a point. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. And just, you know, whoever whoever can start, go ahead and start. <clears throat> First prompt is colors. Uh, random. Mm-hmm. Um, can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Have you ever heard the wolf cry? To the blue corn moon. That's the line I was waiting for. Yes, point to you. Point to you. Colors of the. Do I need to buzz in, or can I just? I think I think just start singing whenever you really. Here, here's the thing. I'm really worried that Disney is going to sue you guys because that was so good. What I just said. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded so much like. uh, You're gonna get. It sounds like copyright Always. infringement. Yeah. They're going to be like, you can't just play the version from the movie on right. this podcast, which you did think, clearly. Yeah. Right. The, I think they're going to think it's from the AI city. is going to scrape this from all oh, sure. the, the, the podcast. Guys. Uh, I'm sorry, apps. I can't help it. I'm just a really good singer. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Uh, okay. <laughs> leaves. All the leaves are brown, the oh. leaves are brown, <gasps> and the sky is gray, and, and the, the sky, sky is gray. Very good. Very good. Solid. Wow. Uh, you. you know what drives me nuts about that song? Tell is me. I just always assumed that the line was, uh, you know, walked into a church I found along the way. Well, I got down on my knees and I began uh, to pray. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But like on every singing competition, people say, I got down on my knees and I pretend to pray. And oh. now if you look up the lyrics, that's what the lyrics are. That doesn't no. make any sense. A, why would you pretend to pray? And B, why do the verbs not agree? You're already in a church. You're halfway there. Just You're halfway there. The praying. Yeah. Like, Pretending to pray is harder than praying. Why, why is it present tense when you walk in, but past tense when you're praying? Sure. I feel like praying and pretending to pray are essentially the same thing. So it doesn't Kinda. seem like lyrically. It really depends. Really depends. It's all pretend. Yeah. <laughs> that was, sorry, that was my Bill Maher. The man pressure. in the sky up there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> With like a shitty, like, Blunt in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just like a big fat cigar that's like twice mm-hmm. the size of his body. Transition Ugh. lenses on. Yeah. <laughs> Transition lenses inside. Like just like t- t- smoke weed at home. You have to <laughs> so. tell people 
It's like it's you're not making it seem any cooler. Um, yeah, I'm like it's also like legal everywhere now. So I know, it's also yeah. legal. It's like whatever outlaw like kick yeah. you might once have gotten is long right. gone. Fucking yeah. weirdo. All right, change. Changes. Wow. Now here's the thing. I heard Glenn first, but Glenn was buzzing in. When it would have uh, been wiser simply to start singing as Casey did. So Casey gets the point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wait, we don't have to buzz in. No, just start singing. We've <laughs> covered that. Glenn, uh, what did you start singing? Changes. Changes. I want you oh, we said the same thing. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're very much simpatico right now. Okay, let's Crap. keep going. Season. Seasons of love. No! Oh. Solid. Okay. Anyway. Yep. Beat me to it. An extra point. An extra point. If you can finish this line, Casey. Okay. Measure. Measure your life in. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't. Love? Yeah, but there's a thing. Oh. Love. <laughs> it's, I'm going to do it. Sorry to the it. writers of Please do it. I'm going to do it. And my, yeah, and my dog is going us. to run out of the house like it's fireworks. Okay. <laughs> measure, measure your life in love. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I blew my voice Dave, out. you went so high, the mic didn't even catch it for the me. The Zoom I didn't like even hear glitched. it. Oh the Zoom so was sorry. like. Take it out. Take it out. Remove only, it. No, delete it. Only <laughs> dogs can hear this. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, Finn. Sorry, all dogs. Sorry, listener. Uh, sorry. Couldn't even hear Jonathan it. Jonathan Larson. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Uh, rain. Purple rain. Mm. Purple rain. Mm-hmm. I never called you in a I never caused you any pain. Okay. I'm in Minneapolis right now singing that oh, wow. song. So that's like wow. really emotional awesome. for me actually that's saying that. Wearing a purple hat. Cool. Wearing a purple, purple hat. hat. Yeah. Wearing a purple hat. Man, Casey's kicking my ass. Uh, he kind of is. Ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Wow. The next time you hear that song, and you will because we're moving in October and it's like it's always on this. You'll hear it in a CVS or whatever. There is one backing vocalist who's really going for it. And I want you to listen for her. Because it's when it's Ghostbusters time. There's a woman in kind of in the background who's like, Ghostbusters! Like that. She's super into it. And I, I want a full uh, documentary on her. <laughs> Chills. Oh, um, 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 oh. I got chills. They're multiplying. And I'm losing control. Because the power you're supplying, it's electrifying, baby. It's electrifying. Woo-hoo. Glenn, you're good. You are good. And you are tied. This is the final We're one tied? for this round. Wait, there's no way. He's going to break the tie. <laughs> this How is going to break the tie. Tied? You are t- you're tied at six apiece, I swear to God. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh, points, points, points. Points. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, not uh, from a performance standpoint. <laughs> uh, okay. Finally, gold. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Good as gold because we're good as gold. It's Sheena Shea. Sheena Shea. Yes, yes I'm Bear familiar. Yep. And she sings a song called Good as Gold. Good gold. <laughs> I promise She's... it's real. Oh, no, it's it real. Is. No, I it's can, very real. Okay, you know. Well. It's very real. <laughs> no. It's very real. Uh, that has broken the tie. Glenn, you're in the lead now with seven. <laughs> Casey just behind with six. Uh, yeah. All right. We're going to take a little break. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna shake all uh, everything that just happened off of my body. I'm gonna splash some water on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna come back with more troubled waters after this. Throughout history, sirens have captured men's attention, enticed men with their feminine wiles, and fulfilled men's primal needs. The sirens allure. Uh, they have not. Unless the primal need is I need to be smashed on the rocks. Yeah, sm- smash me. Smash me, mommy. Smash me, mama. Smash me, mommy. <laughs> the sirens alone. Why do we do this to ourselves? Strand me, baby. Strand, Strand me, mom. me, baby. 
So yeah, listen to my brother, my brother, and me for maximum fun on Mondays. It's just like that. Just like that, but more, it's just like that, but more of it. There's there's just more of that. Hello and welcome back to Troubled Waters. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us are Glenn Buzan and Casey O'Brien. Uh, Sheena Shea's name has been invoked. Uh, I did her podcast about a year ago. Uh, <gasps> Sheena what, like? what was she like? She was oh, yeah. really nice. She was really nice. She seems nice. She was bullied a lot in the Justice beginning of that show. Justice for Sheena, I agree. Oh my gosh. Very bullied. She sure was. She's also the only reason there was a show because she slept with Brandy Glanville's ex. Sometimes you then, gotta do that. Oh my gosh. So she you know, fell on the sword for everybody else. And yes. then they all bully her because yep. they knew she was the reason that they were all there. Yes. And she yes. lives in Marina Del Rey. I feel like she's been bullied a lot for that as well. For that and reason? That, that to me is okay to bully okay. someone for living in yeah. Marina Del Rey, actually. If they live in Playa Del Rey, I mean, you honestly, you have like, you have reason to physically. Yeah. <laughs> you can I, do it. You can dox them. You can, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, no, she was, uh, she was lovely. And we were like, at the end of it, we were like, oh, we should do karaoke. And then it's like, every now and then she's like, when are we actually going to do karaoke? And I was like, oh, yeah. but I would, I totally would. She's really, she seems nice and fun. Oh, I like that so much. Yeah, um, yeah. I have uh, um, I have Jackson Brittany living around the corner from me. <gasps> right now, yeah. yeah. Do you, you know see them opening? on your walks? I do. Yeah, wow. we've never spoken, uh, but we. Uh, but yeah, no, I do. I do see them once oh in once in blue moon. Yeah, they're opening a Jackson, restaurant. Yes, they are. Also, very close. When Is that it opens, a beer cheese. We're all going. There will be beer cheese. Mima's beer, 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 yeah. beer cheese. Mima's beer cheese. Yeah. We're finally going to have it. It's going to be yeah. a, an option at the bar. Yes. There oh my we go. God. Wait, where, the, where is it opening? Is it in? Um, uh, right next to Hill Rocco's Jax. on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. Uh, listener, <laughs> welcome back to, to Vander Talk <laughs> Rules. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is Troubled Waters, and we're going to get back to it with a round called Sounding Scary. In a new interview with Rolling Stone promoting his new book, Holly, the most famous horror writer in the world, Stephen King, announced terrifyingly that he was a huge fan of this. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. Yes. Yes, that was, yeah. Oh. That was Lou Bega's <laughs> 1999 hit Mambo number five. Some, like, I, I love that Stephen King, like, really likes it and calls it out and listens to it. But just, like, the idea that that, there's probably like a thousand people on the planet who like love, like love that song so much and get like so excited when they hear it. And, and I, like Lou Bega is one of them. And Lou Bega is absolutely one of them. He's his own biggest fan. Uh, King revealed that he once played the song so much his wife threatened to leave him. So I guess that would be uh, three times in a row. Um, it may sound surprising that such an upbeat song appealed to the maestro of misery and the author of misery. But looking at the lyrics a little bit closer, you notice they're actually... A little creepy. It's actually an entire song about having little bits and parts and pieces of women. So in this round, I'm going to give you lyrics from different novelty hits, and I want you to read them to me in the scariest way that you can. Whoever scares me more wins the points. So I believe you will have been sent these lyrics. Oh, shit. Ah, they are in the chat. There they go in the chat. There they are in the chat. Glenn Buzan, you go first. Uh, please read these lyrics from Mambo number five. In the scariest way I can? Scariest way you can. Okay. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. Uh, uh, uh. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. Uh, okay. Uh, uh. okay. You made a very specific choice there. And I, and I, I, I dove think, in yeah. without knowing the temperature of the pool on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We all got that. We all got that. And Casey I'm not going to quit halfway through. No, of course I'm gonna not. I'm going to keep, gonna keep no, going. Glenn commits, but, if I know one and, thing. And that is my final answer. Okay, great. Uh, Casey, please continue. Okay. Oh, man, new lyrics. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to do this in the style of Freddy Krueger. Here we go. <laughs> a little bit of Sandra in the sun, bitch. A little bit of Mary all night long, bitch. A little bit of Jessica, here I am, bitch. A little bit of you makes me your man. Ha, bitch. Wow. Wow. My gosh. I thought, I thought okay. it also could have been Jesse from Breaking Bad. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> really, it could it could have just been so. It, it could have been Fred Durst, you know, after <laughs> like a true. couple of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, that was that was that was a tough one. That was tight. That was a tight. Um, but I'm like, you went so far in the direction of Count Chocula slash Sesame Street. Scary uh, vampire. I, well, the vampire. I don't know about scary. Uh, Casey O'Brien, you really did remind me of, uh, you know, terrifying nights in high school watching Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So point to you for that one. You are now tied. Oh, yeah. Woo! Okay. We're going to switch up the order. We're going to switch up the order now. And I'm going to ask you both to terrify me with the lyrics from... Itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini <laughs> first Casey O'Brien. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh I don't think I have a bit for this one. Let's well. see. She was afraid to come out of the locker. She was as nervous as she could be. She was afraid to come out of the locker. She was afraid that somebody would see. Two, three, four. Tell the people <laughs> what she wore. It was an itsy bitsy. Teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini that she wore for the first time today. An itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. So in the locker, she wanted to stay. That was a very, um, you know, spooky story time sure. energy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's kind of what know, I was going I liked for. It. I liked it. I liked it. There's not, you know, I also, that that's, uh, that's my favorite, uh, like, improv comedy technique is to just come out on stage and be like, I don't have anything. Yes. <laughs> um, that's fun. It gets the audience on your side. Glenn Boozan, please continue with this song in the style of your choice. Okay. I was thinking the scariest thing I can think of is like people you know who like mm. have a secret, like those mm. nice guys who are like, yeah, I'm just like a nice guy. Those ter- guys terrify me. So I'm going to read this in the style of a nice guy. Uh-oh. Right. Oh, now she's afraid to come out of the water. Yeah. Um, and I wonder what she's going to do. Now she's afraid to come out of the water. Yeah. Um, and the poor little girl's turning blue. <laughs> Two, three, four. Tell the people what she wore. <laughs> right, right, right. It was an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini, right? That she wore. <laughs> that she wore. <laughs> okay. For the first time today. She wore it for the first time today. An itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. She had a bikini on. Okay. So in the water, she wanted to stay. <laughs> wow. That that was so, okay. Can I tell you what that was? That was stu- such stitch incoming energy. You know what I mean? That was like I'm gonna. Oh my god! Yeah. Great phrase. Wow. Aren't you fucking already so tired of the stitch incoming guys? Stitch incoming. Where, where it's like somebody's like, uh, "Hey, here's my take on the Barbie movie," and then it cut, cuts back to the sensitive guy who's yeah. like, "Let's hear it." And then they like then the bar, yes. the guy who's pissed about Barbie talks, and then we're back to yes. okay. I just like I can't a, take it. I can't take it anymore. Shy. I can't take just it. Just all hang out. Let's all hang out. Why can't we just, <laughs> just all hang out? Just you guys hang out. <laughs> I don't want to <sighs> stitch together. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you're both terrible in your own ways. <laughs> okay, back to you going first, Glenn Buzan. Uh, all right, please tell us these lyrics. In the most terrifying okay. way. You know how they're the lyrics from Blondie's one way or another. Okay, nice. I'm going to do, just try to real do, do really scary, okay? Okay. One way or another. Oh, my God. I'm going to find you. <laughs> I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. One way or another. I'm going to win you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. One, one way or another, I'm gonna see ya. I'm gonna meet you, meet you, meet you, meet ya. One day, maybe next week, maybe next week, who knows? I'm gonna meet ya. I'm gonna meet you, meet you, meet you, meet ya. I will drive past your house, and if the lights are down, I'll see who's around. Ooh. That was real witch incoming energy. <laughs> Very yeah. good. That was real witchy poo incoming energy. Witchy poo. <laughs> uh, okay. Something to consider. Uh, Casey Brian, please continue in the scariest way you possibly can. Okay, the person I'm like most afraid of in the world is Elon Musk because I think he's actually like very evil. So I'm going to yeah, try to do my best Elon Musk here. <laughs> yeah, one way or another, I'm going to find you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, get, get you. Get, uh, get you. Um, one way or another, I, I'm going to get you. Get you. Get you. Get you. One, one way or another, I'm, I'm going to. 
get you. I'm gonna get you. Meet you. Meet you. Meet you. One way. Uh, maybe next week. Um, I'm gonna meet you. Uh, I'm gonna meet you. Uh, I'll meet you. And if the lights are all out, I'll follow you bus downtown and see who's hanging around. I mean, that was an easy decision. Point right to you for Elon Musk with a special appearance by Ringo Starr. Yeah, he popped yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. South African accent, that's a tough That's It is a tough hard. one. It is a tough also, one, but he's all over the oh, place. Yes. I, until this exact moment, have never heard Elon Musk say a single thing out loud. And I was like, what is Casey doing? <laughs> what is Elon Musk doing? Is the I question. Like, anything, look up you know? any interview. Elon Musk is so, like, conservative, dumb, bullish, aggressive that I thought he must be American. But of course he's not. His dad owned the diamond mine. Yes. The, the, the yeah. mine. Oh my God. You just blew my mind. Of course he's South African. Yeah. And he's kind of but, like a mumbler. Yeah. I tried to incorporate that as much as oh, possible. That was great. Um, yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is. <laughs> um, okay. Did I ever tell you about the time that I met Elon Musk? <gasps> no. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll just first tell you, we have a tie. Uh, Glenn and, and Casey both have eight points apiece. Um, nice. But more importantly, um, I okay, so this is when I was doing the show DVD on TV for FX, right? It was like a show where it was like they would play a movie on FX and then at the commercial break, my co-host and I would be like, here's a deleted scene that probably would have gone Very here. familiar. Sure. Yeah, it ran for a long time. Uh, and uh, so we did Iron Man and there was like this sort of scuttlebutt that like uh, that Tony Stark was sort of based on Elon Musk because these were in his, you know – less problematic years and whatever. So we so we somehow uh, got allowed into SpaceX into like a tiny part of SpaceX and he and we got like literally 10 minutes of his day where he came down, we got to ask him like two questions and uh, and then that was that. Now it was me and this woman, uh, Jennifer, who was like super cool and beautiful, like blonde and gorgeous and and uh, and so after his 10 minutes, Elon Musk was like, "Hey, let's get a picture." Uh, and like uh, take it with your picture, Jennifer. And uh, and so like so she did get this picture of the three of us. And he's like, now send it to me because I'm going to want that picture. And I'm like, you don't want this fucking picture. No, you want the phone number. You want the phone number. So she did. And uh, and then and then he left. And then like as we were like taking the, you know, whatever, getting the cameras taken down and everything, uh, his assistant came down with an iPad and went to Jennifer and was just like, Elon would like to take you to dinner. So if you could give me your availabilities for oh the next couple of weeks. Oh my God. And yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Did she go? Sent his assistant. I don't think that she ever went nice. on a date. We actually got canceled very shortly thereafter, which I'm now blaming <laughs> on Elon Musk. Wow. Yeah. yeah that sure. is freaky. It's a freaky, That's right? An assistant. Yeah. An assistant. That's yeah. really weird. That's really That's weird. That's not very romantic. No, it's not. It's not. It's almost yeah. like he's not a normal human. and well-functioning human being. <laughs> almost. Wow. Uh, we're gonna That's we're gonna reflect story. on all of this for a moment, <laughs> and we'll be right back with more troubled waters right after this. The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, Spider-Man 2, Master Detective Archives Raincoat for Nintendo Switch. No, is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge time for video games. You need somebody to tell you what's good, what's not so good, and what's amazing. I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Maddie Myers, and I'm Kirk Hamilton. We're the hosts of Triple Click a video game podcast for anyone who likes games. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Welcome back to Troubled Waters. I'm your host, Dave Holmes. Glenn Buzan is here. Casey O'Brien is here. It is now time for a game we are calling Bad Idea Right slash Good Idea Right. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, as Casey so has told you, is back with her second album, Guts. One of the first singles off it is the track Bad Idea, right? I love this song so much. It's all about the choices someone makes when they are not over their ex. Like we can all relate. Let's hear a clip. Yeah, you ever said, ah, oh, the the delivery of "fuck it, it's fine" is, it's is worthy it's of fine. a Grammy. Fuck yeah. it, it's fine. 
have we not all been there? <laughs> Woo. All right. Well, this song joins. Uh, it is now in the pantheon of tracks where it seems like the singer knows the thing is a bad idea. But then they do it anyway. So in that spirit for our final round, we're going to have you take on the roles of relationship advice experts. I will give you a series of bad ideas from dating and relationships. You will each take turns explaining to me why the bad idea you were assigned is actually a great idea. I will award Oh, points. that's fun. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. I'll award points based on how well you can convince me that your bad ideas are good ideas and not at all toxic or horrifying ideas. Points for creativity, cleverness, cognitive dissonance. No need to buzz <laughs> in for this one. You will be asked individually. Glenn, you're first. My ex is getting married soon, and some of our mutual friends are invited to the wedding. I was not invited, but I think that is because she thinks I am not over her. Should I go to the wedding just to prove how chill and over her I can be? Is this a bad idea? Oh, I think that sometimes when we talk about bravery, you know, and doing brave things that scare us and um, sometimes you need to do a brave thing like a big, big, <laughs> this is such a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. Big grand gestures work both ways, yes. right? You can do a grand gesture to show somebody that you love them, or alternatively, you can do a grand gesture to show somebody that you are over them. And I think this is that. And I think that this is probably sort of like a goodbye to the whole thing. This is a really good, big way to announce to you and to the people in their lives in front of their family and friends and everybody involved that you are under no uncertain terms over this person. And it's sort of like, you know, it's you saying goodbye on the day that they are saying hello to their future. So you're sort of christening their ship in a way, you know? And you are the bottle of champagne being cracked against this, the hull of their marriage. And so you need to show up, in fact. I don't think you should. I think you need to christen this marriage. I rest my case. I, I mean, your case is exhausted. Needs some rest. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I think, you're, I think you're so right. Sometimes closure is loud. Mm. And uh, and embarrassing. Famously, yeah, famously, closure should be loud and embarrassing, and yes. and for, for other you. people, not yourself, not you. yes, for everyone, for everyone. <laughs> that is how do you get it? If yeah, if you don't fucking yeah. force it loudly, <laughs> publicly, yeah, yep. If a tree falls in the woods, yeah, you have to let everybody know it fell. You know, yeah. you have to let everybody know you're over it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta saw the tree down and have it land on. And Drag it to a Someone's, wedding you weren't invited to. <laughs> yeah, someone else's most important day. Right, it landed on, exactly. Yes, yeah. Agree. Uh, solid, 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 solid work. Four points to you for that one. Casey, the next one is for you. I heard the song Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood, and it got me thinking. I think my partner is considering cheating on me. Should I destroy his truck now before he cheats? Bad idea, right? What do you think, Casey? Well... It's one of those things where if you don't trust this guy and you think he's going to cheat, there's a problem already. You know, even <laughs> if nothing has happened yet, something is going on. Something about the way he is comforting you, something mm -hmm. the way that he is there for you every day is wrong and off and is giving you these ideas that this man is going to cheat on me eventually, if not now, soon. And, you know, I like to control things in my life or, you know, have things... In a controllable situation, you know, if you destroy his car, his truck right now, you have controlled the narrative. You know, mm -hmm. you, you understand what's going to happen as a result of that. If you don't destroy the truck, God knows what kind of trouble he's going to get. He could get somebody pregnant. He could embarrass you on live TV. You don't know what's going to happen. And so by destroying his truck first... And really, it's about reclaiming the narrative, reclaiming your own life. And I feel like that's what that song is about. So why not do it before things got out of hand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Preventative. Okay. It's preventative. Preventative, yeah. Solid preventative point. care. Get Solid the vaccine point. before you get the illness. That's what That is so I agree. true. Yes, exactly. Inoculate yourself against cheating. Yes. Also, I love the depth that you gave this world. It, you, he could embarrass you on live TV? You don't, <laughs> like, you don't know. That, don't and know. that's the scary part. You don't know. Casey is go a on wild Shazam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It could be he could yeah. be like interviewed on the news cuz he was on the corner where the tree fell and you'd be like, sure. you know, and Who's he's that woman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could, you could embarrass you on live TV. It could be when they're pulling the things for, you know, Mega Millions. He could yeah, walk sure, out on sure. the set and be like, hey, I'm cheating. Okay. He could be on SNL. Uh, he could walk out and go, he could be, hi, he I'm could host, He could host yeah, Saturday Night Live for his achievements in the world of cheating. Happen. Yes. Yeah. You just never know. Now, here's the thing. Initially, Casey, that was a three-point answer, which would have made uh, these scores a tie. But uh-huh. I am going to add a point because you didn't make me have to think about Bill Maher today. So, hey. 15 to 14, Casey O'Brien is our winner. Congratulations. Whoa. Olivia Rodrigo and the many, <laughs> many people who are trying to take her down, who should have better things to do with their lives, are the most important story of the next couple of weeks. Everybody, please act accordingly. It is now time for plugs. Let us know what you're working on and then to offset the ego karma. Tell us about something someone else made that you want the whole wide world to know about. Casey, we'll start with you. Okay. Like I said, I'm on Fart House. That comes out every month. (laughs) Have a listen. Maybe Dave will have you on as a guest sometime if you want to talk about some floofy, you know, French film that nobody wants to watch. That's the kind of stuff we specialize in. Um, But I also produce two podcasts that are really great. One is called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast hosted by Lisa Traeger and Kara Clank. Love Love them. them. Great show. And then I also host, uh, I also produce a show called I Saw What You Did, which is a movie podcast hosted by Millie DeCherico and Danielle Henderson. Um, that's an, It's like a double feature movie podcast. That's also a fantastic show. Both of those are great. You should check out both of those. Oh my God, I would love to be on those. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, and what else? Uh, and then I have to uh, say something that I like that, someone else made is that correct yes okay um i have been obsessed with this minute i'm wearing a minnesota vikings hat right now there's a minnesota vikings documentary called the history of the minnesota vikings by john boyce he's sort of an avant-garde sports writer and he does these very bizarre documentaries about loser sports franchises and it's a lot of data and a lot of uh, very strange, like stories that don't make uh the normal uh sports page. So it's all on YouTube, and they're really fascinating. And they've got a bunch of documentaries about a lot of other loser sports teams, like the Seattle Mariners and the Atlanta Falcons. But <laughs> yeah, check out all of his work. It's he's really wow. an impressive documentarian. You might have actually. This might be the key that unlocks a love of sports for uh, for me. So wow. That. Yes. Can you see, Glenn? How about you? Yes. So um, I am plugging my current book, which is out already called There Are Moms Way Worse Than You. Um, it's a book like a gift book for new moms or or, or, or existing moms um, the, that highlights how horrible um, moms in the animal kingdom can be to make you, the human mother, feel better about your own uh, mothering abilities. Um, and then I have the sequel to that coming up this April, which is going to be called There Are Dads Way Worse Than You. Surprise, surprise. Um, so that's available this April. Um, and then the thing that I would like to plug. So during the strike, I've been playing a lot of video games oh. and I've been getting sort of into like indie video games as well. And this is an older video game that I was like, oh, this seems kind of boring. Like it's in black and white. Like, I don't know. It's very artsy fartsy. Love that. And I finally played it and it was incredible. It's called Return of the Obra Dean. And it is so, so good. If you like sort of like mystery, it's like a murder mystery sort of, you have to find out how everybody on this ship, it's like a pirate ship. And you have to find out like what happened to everybody on the ship because it returns with nobody on the ship. It's like a ghost ship. And then you are an investigator. You have to figure out through memories and flashbacks, like what happened on the ship. And it is so beautifully done. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Wow. All right. Thank you for that, Glenn. Uh, I am Dave Holmes. I host uh, the, the the podcast Troubled Waters on Maximum Fun. Uh, I will soon be uh, a panelist on a, a, a game show network game show called Blank Slate, hosted by American Treasure Mario Lopez. It's premiering sometime this autumn. I don't know when. Uh, but the thing that I would like to bring to the world's attention is... Uh, Okay, I guess two things. First of all, there's a a great documentary called Desolation Center. You can see it on the Night Flight app. You can see it on Amazon Video. It is about uh, the the late 70s, early 80s punk scene in L.A. and the way that, like, the young 
brilliant people within it did these shows out in the desert, um, like, you know, kind of before Burning Man, before Coachella had these like happenings out in the desert. Anyway, a talking head in that movie is uh, a person who goes by the name Sean DeLear. And uh, Sean DeLear, I immediately wanted to know everything about, so I Googled Sean DeLear. Uh, Sean passed in 2017, uh, but his diary from his teenage years as a uh, a queer uh, black kid in uh, in Simi Valley in the late seventies, um, his friends found them and published them, and it mm. is a book called "I Could Not Believe It: The Teenage Diaries of Sean Delier," and it's, <laughs> they're they're sexy and funny and like a, a vision of a future that could have been. Um, it's uh, you know it, not for kids or for parents, uh, but get into it. I could not believe it. The Teenage Diaries of Sean DeLear. All right. Glenn Buzet, Casey O'Brien, thank you for playing Troubled Waters. You there with the headphones. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time on Troubled Waters. Goodbye. You've been listening to Troubled Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing with Glenn Buzan. Thank you, me. What do I do? (laughs) Did that. Casey (laughs) O'Brien. Yay! Hello! Yay! Our theme music is USA versus White Noise by Ladytron. Thank you to them for letting us use it. The script was written by Riley Silverman and John Luke Roberts, and our producers are Christian Duenas. Woo-wee! And Laura Swisher. Bye. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.